January. This special one-off New Year episode is called New Year Same You and uh, we just want to bring you some good vibes today, especially if you are struggling to stick with some of your New Year's resolutions, which is kind of what we're going to be covering today. Um, when it comes to this whole like New Year, New You thing, um, there are kind of two sides to the coin. Mm. Megan and I agree that there's so many benefits to the new year and the reset that it can bring and the chance to goal set and reflect. Um, but there's also over the last few years been like a kind of backlash against it, um, especially like from a feminist angle because there's so much of it can be really pushing things like diet culture and um you know making us feel like the idea that we should be a new person Mm. is almost like not accepting and embracing who we are yeah so that's why we love this new um kind of hashtag new year same you or new year same me whichever you choose um if, if you feel like it's like making you feel like you're not good enough, um, we just want to be here to say that you are. Yes, you are. <laughs> and um, we've got some tips today about uh, not setting yourself up for failure by taking on too many things when it comes to setting intentions in the new year. Yeah. And I think it's also really important to note that the new year is an amazing opportunity to reflect and have gratitude of what you've achieved over the previous year say thank you to yourself to your body to your health to your family to your support and look forward with uh positivity Mm. however as tara says it can certainly from my perspective who is i would definitely say a avid (laughs) self-improver it can be um easy to get swept up in the narrative as well yes and overwhelmed um so as tara says we're going to run through some tips so the first thing we're going to do is actually just talk about our new year's resolutions um and actually i was thinking maybe we should rename this to new year's evolutions oh my god i love that yes (laughs) we are evolving yes so tara what are your new year's evolutions oh my god i'm living for new year's evolutions (laughs) uh so i've got two um one that is quite kind of like self-improvement uh, which is don't make any decisions based on fear, obligation, or guilt. Mm. And um, How do you or, tap that's into also yourself? called the fog. Get out of the fog. Wow. Uh, is that a thing? Or have you made it's that a up? thing. No, I haven't made it up. It is a thing. It's um, if you want to research it, guys. Uh, it's like kind of on some of the literature around breaking free from the drama triangle. Okay. And it's kind of. Um, it's it's a tool for avoiding uh, manipulation, being manipulated by others, and also it's a really good one to check in with yourself as well. Mm. Like if in a moment, you know, if you've not got what you want out of a situation, is your is your next step 
of communication check with yourself am I making this other person feel fear obligation or guilt Mm. and if you are then you're probably being manipulative yeah so I think it's good to kind of like keep yourself in check with that as well not always see it as something that everyone else is doing yeah okay and then my second one which is uh, more fun is say yes to dance I love it's going really well so far this year and um I I think uh depending when our listeners joined uh in our first episode I spoke about that I used to dance when I was younger and it's really really big part of my kind of soul Mm -hmm. and it's something that I've not been able to do for a long time with my illness with having ME um and it's you know it just became less of a active part of my life Mm -hmm. and I'm determined to kind of get that back now yeah okay that is amazing the dance one I will be joining you yes literally we've got plans so (laughs) what are your new year's resolutions um so my one is uh evolution sorry new year evolution yes there we go so I would like to evolve myself this year um to understand what fun is oh (laughs) heartbreaking and inspiring at the same time so I've dedicated my life really to work yeah and I know how to work and I have a tendency you're really good at it I'm really good at it and I have a tendency to turn everything into work my friendships my um podcasting (laughs) my uh, relationships with my husband my family Um, and I set KPIs, and I have targets, and, you know... Spreadsheets. Spreadsheets, and I, yes, I'm a psychopath, if you're listening. Um, (laughs) But one of my friends at the end of last year said, what do you do for fun? And I could not answer her. I didn't know. So this year for me is going to be about finding out what fun is for me. Mm. So that's all about... And doing things just because they're fun, not because they're going to move you towards such and such a goal or achieve such and such an outcome. Exactly. So everything I do tends to have a purpose, Mm. which I know sounds very great, but sometimes that is just so hard Mm. to keep up with. Mm. And I devalue... So sex, for example, I'm not trying to have a child, so it doesn't have any purpose right now, which is ridiculous because it's fun right Mm. so that's the kind of stuff i'm talking about guys um so yeah i'm gonna be having fun this year i think it's really important as well because it's actually like uh it's a really generous move Mm. to yourself yes um to allow yourself uh to do things just for the fun of it yeah it's huge and i think it's going to have a huge impact on my mental health Mm -hmm. um because you know well-being and happiness is a lot of it is about having fun and being present and enjoying yeah, yourself present, yeah and I haven't um topped up that glass of fun because yeah, if you're always thinking about the outcome yes. and the goals then yeah. you're not present you're in your I'm always in the future, future mindset yeah. yeah I'm a futurist yeah so for our listeners just to let you know we are at the wing today and we're in a little not so soundproof booth so <laughs> it's so hot as well i'm like sweating so much. if you are um hearing any background noise we do apologize um tara, it's a one-off i have sitch. to say tara has just made I a little sign up <laughs> that says hey we're recording smiley face so funny it says, it says on air quiet please <laughs> um so 
fingers crossed it won't be too disruptive. Mm. Um, okay, so let's move on then to our conversations about some of the kind of trends that we get around New Year. We were going to talk a bit about dry January and veganuary and um, I wonder how many people are taking part in these things. I think that they've become a bit less of a thing. Mm. And um, From a comms point of view, just putting it out there, Definitely no. not, okay. <laughs> Every client is like, hey, what are we doing for dry Jan? Yeah. What are we doing for vegan? Everyone wants a media moment. Everyone wants a media moment. Um, so it does feel as though there's a lot of discourse around it. Mm. Um, whether people are taking them up so much I'm not sure Mm. um something that we've discovered this year across our clients is damp January which I am living for because I just love I'm very much like you know measured uh conscious consumption like kind of approach to things I stopped drinking in August Mm -hmm. and did three months completely sober and then had had a one-off boozy night on the 1st of November and then a couple of boozy nights through the Christmas period and I'm um and I and a way too boozy New Year's <laughs> Eve which is why I'm now like dry Jan <laughs> <laughs> but um during that time you know you got, come up with a lot of conversations where people are like oh so are you sober are you completely yeah. not drinking and um how long are you doing it for and everything like that and i really love this concept of damp jan or damp anything because i like to be like oh i will consciously have a, a bit of booze depending on the booze mm. depending on the occasion depending what i've got coming up that week all those kind of things and get into that place of just making like super conscious decisions that are based on uh what's going to feel good for me rather than like what everyone else is doing yeah and I think from um, the perspective of working throughout January and working in entertainment and having clients Mm. um it you wrongly or rightly it's expected that you go and drink with some of your clients and damp January has really helped me out with that because yesterday I went and met a phenomenal client who I love to bits and we had some cocktails and I had no regret guilt which are all the things that are produced if you Mm. come off the rails in adverted comments exactly so what damp jan does is it just allows you a little bit of uh, versatility Uh, it's a bit more flexible which i can really get on board with because you know what no one's a fucking angel exactly and this is our focus really of this episode guys you know making the right decisions for you whether that's like a personal growth decision or a health decision is not something that um has to be perfect all the time Mm. and that you can be making Megan loves to talk about marginal gains yes (laughs) (laughs) incremental um changes you know like making um positive choices uh for yourself um doesn't have doesn't have to be a flawless card you know you uh, I'm suddenly uh, remembering something that someone said to me when I was having a period of depression which was to um or when I was coming out of it which was to put um, on your calendar mm. a smiley face on the days when you feel you, you've had a good day and a sad face on the days when you feel like it's been a disaster and then actually look at the whole month mm. and what you'll find 
typically, and it probably only works if you are already in this place, is that there's maybe seven really sad faces and the rest are happy faces. So maybe that's a helpful tool as well to think about like, okay, you've had this day when you weren't fully vegan and this day when you weren't fully dry, but that that doesn't mean that January wasn't still a dry January or damp and that you didn't still, you know, give Veganuary a good, a good um, kick up the tush. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and also we were chatting about veganuary you know I think it's really important to think about why you're doing veganuary and veganuary can take many different forms you know you could just make a conscious effort throughout January to pick the vegan option on the menu Mm. if you're going out for dinner you could throughout January try and introduce one vegan meal a week Mm. it doesn't have to be all or nothing especially if the all or nothing is going to then be unrealistic and lead to quote failure and make you feel like then you're just going to pack in the whole thing and not even try anymore exactly you know i am doing veganuary as a meat eater i'm giving it a go and i'm still doing veganuary but you know what i've had some feta and i loved it (laughs) (laughs) but it was one night you know and i i had some cheese and that doesn't make that doesn't mean you failed no veganuary and now you you know go go straight back go to normal yeah, yeah. So intravenously <laughs> injecting meat fat into me no I'm kidding that was a very visual representation of what okay cool yeah so basically guys extremes are not the answer be kind to yourself don't yeah. you want to start the year listening to your body taking note of what it's saying and making healthy choices that are not extremes yeah and if you've tripped up it doesn't mean it's all over so don't just give up no So, a few weeks ago, we caught up with a wonderful lady called Laura, here at the wing, in this very booth, in fact. (laughs) Um, And Laura is, firstly, she's very, very interesting. She, I suppose we would call her a food therapist, and she works with people with disordered relationships with food. Mm. So we wanted to chat to her about dieting and mainly dieting that is put in your brain throughout January yeah like diet culture exactly and um and she works a lot with people who are like kind of compulsive dieters yeah and um so we wanted to have a little bit of a chat before we introduce that clip about uh about that because it's just so pervasive in the media at, the, at this mm-hmm. time of year and um especially I think after Christmas there's like this sense that like oh we were so gluttonous over Christmas and now we've got to repent for our sins a hundred percent and I keep listening guys because Laura brings in some really interesting statistics about people that diet before and after Christmas and mm. believe you me you would not believe it and um, so one thing that's really important to me, because I uh, probably uh, at first glance to some people who know me might seem like I'm I'm always doing some kind of weird fad diet because <laughs> I uh, took a nutritional approach to healing myself from mm-hmm. my condition. Mm-hmm. And that covered lots of different things, including like parasite cleanses and um, uh, el- el- some elimination uh, diets and things like that. Uh, and something that I think is really important that I learned through that process is that um, making nutritional choices from a place of being kind to yourself and nurturing yourself and giving your body what it needs mm. versus from a place of kind of punishment or um, weight 
with weight loss as a goal uh, is I think it's a really important thing to always kind of be questioning yourself on yeah because as Laura will cover um, you know changing your diet with weight loss as a goal is has a huge failure rate yes and it's not good for your mental health Mm -mm. it's not um, nice for your relationship with your body and yourself it's not coming from a place of generosity and kindness and love and but that that doesn't mean you know to go the other way and 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 make unhealthy choices from a place of like like something that really bothers me is when people like treat unhealthy foods as a treat yeah or a reward and things like that and um really we should be rewarding ourselves with healthy with healthy food and treating ourselves to the foods that give us energy and strength and help our body recover from um, energy spending and I think what you're talking about here is really important and it also relates to what we talk about a lot on the slice which is changing the talk in your head exactly positive self-talk and honestly I've been doing this throughout the whole of January I've been doing um, five or ten affirmations in the morning and one of them is around choosing healthy food but instead of saying healthy food I'm saying I am choosing food that I love. Yeah. And that means to me that I'm choosing food that my body is craving. Mm. Broccoli, spinach, just lovely food that's going to give it nutrition. And colourful as well, like yeah. so colourful, healthful yeah. foods. And that's made a huge difference. So try that, guys. You can trick your mind, basically. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> if you tell it to do something, it will. Um, so... Without further ado, we will move on to Laura. Also, um, happy birthday to The Slice because we started this as a New Year's resolution. We did. Um, Back in the beginning of 2019, we committed to starting a podcast which we'd spoken about for a really long time. Yeah. And now we've done it for a whole year. So thank you so much for listening and sticking with us through this journey. We love every single one of you. We cannot even explain it. It's just so good. And we're going to be evolving this year. Yeah, we're working on series three, which will be not too long away. But stay tuned on our Instagram for um, updates. Amazing. We love you lots. Keep listening. Laura, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So great to have you here. So when everyone comes onto the podcast, we like to hear about their mornings. Yes. And mornings specifically regarding diets can be quite tricky because Mm. they tend to be the setting off in motion of how that day is going to Waking up, racking up those calories in my head, Mm. doing a workout, you know, not giving myself a minute to think. Um, You don't, you don't, there's no chill factor in dieting. There's no relaxation because you're just so highly strung because you're literally hungry. It's a lot of work. Yeah, it's so much hard work. But in the last two years, I've really just tried to slow everything down. Yeah. And when I work with my clients on this, and I call it kind of Project Calm, the difference I see in their well-being. Now what I tend to do you know, if I've got the time to, sometimes I have to literally get up and out the door, but I try and be quite strict with it, even if it's two minutes, while I'm still lying in bed, my dog's normally next to me by that point, because she sneaks in, she's so cute, <laughs> she's so she cute. is my life, um, and my partner will have gone off to work already, um, I will normally put on like a two minute 
meditation like a guided one and just literally even if my eyes are still closed and I'm not even really listening mm. just let myself wake up with some positive thoughts and yes it doesn't mean I have to go to my phone but if I'm just strict with it and I just hit that meditation button then I can just listen for two or three minutes to something positive you know it can even be 30 seconds yeah just so that you just give yourself a second yeah and then it's kind of like you know literally rolling out of bed quite slowly probably giving Belle a few cuddles I'm just pottering around and I know that that might sound a bit unrealistic but it doesn't mean that I'm not you know within that hour going to start work or have my first client but it's just giving myself a moment so you know maybe making a cup of tea before I get into the shower and just trying to be as slow as possible and I was just saying to Megan when I started being self-employed and anyone that is will probably really relate I think you think that you should just be on at every single hour of the day so even if you're scheduled to finish at 8pm, which I often am because I have evening clients, yeah. I had this mindset that I still had to be at my desk by 8 or 9, yeah. which is essentially a 12-hour shift. Yeah. yeah, And I was doing that for ages and you don't switch off, you know, you don't just kind of switch off in between and do nothing. And I started to realise that, well, so maybe I could change that to what, starting at 10 or 11 and getting up and walking my dog first and yeah. having me time in the morning that I wouldn't get back in that evening. Yeah. And that really helped me. So I think it's about acknowledging what you can do, trying not to compare yourself as hard as that is. And when you start to reap the benefit, yeah. you know, my anxiety went down a lot. I would mm. often wake up with, you know, a really um, fast-paced chest. God, I had that this morning. Yeah, <laughs> it's it the is. Worst. And it's the worst when you just know that you've got to do something. Yeah. Yeah. So if you just give yourself that minute to just breathe and gather your thoughts... Mm you should feel a lot better. So you're definitely a slow morning advocate. Yes, when I can. Yeah. Okay, so um, Laura's here with us this morning to really talk about something that I'm sure everyone, male, female, however you identify, mm -hmm. have experienced or um, definitely read about in the mm -hmm. media, which is dieting. And mm -hmm. from a personal point of view, um, I am a sucker for a diet. I also have a shared lived experience in the sense that yeah. I had anorexia for a long time. Mm -hmm. And that uh, anorexia mindset is all uh, in the form of control in yeah, my head. Yeah. And diets do provide those boundaries, yeah. which can be quite attractive to someone mm -hmm. that is a control freak. I'm putting myself in that yeah, bracket. Yeah. I'm definitely not taking you down there oh, with me. Oh, that was me, for sure. <laughs> Still in some ways, just doesn't come out in food anymore. Mm -hmm. It's amazing when I work with someone um, who has been a dieter for a really long time and they've I've said to them right let's just see what your anxiety is like if you stop weighing yourself for two weeks their anxiety was right down really? because that safety behavior yeah. is really just feeding an obsession yeah and dieting you could say is that yeah it's like a plaster you know I'm going really like way in now but really when we look to change our bodies and our relationship with food there's a bigger reason. There's yeah. something bigger we're dissatisfied with. Mm. And the more you look to blame your body and the more you try and fix that through a diet, the emptier you're gonna feel when it fails. Yeah. So our next section is the live it list. So oh, yes. this is really interesting around dieting because I actually, do you remember that advert that came out about two years ago with the woman in the yellow bikini saying, are you, summer body ready yeah was it i don't know it's a probably shouldn't mention are we allowed to mention yeah yeah 100%. yeah no I, I know what you mean it was on train stations as well i've used it often in my school work oh have as you? like a picture of what to look out for okay so 
if in turn, what I'm something that I'm interested in mm. maybe discussing in the live it list is if we're constantly fed that kind of stuff, mm. and I know that it got pulled up by you know that advertising board or whatever, but I'm not being funny. The whole world was yes. talking about yeah, it, yeah, yeah. and that's something that you know we're bombarded mm. with every day. Like you don't see yourself in adverts that often. You no. don't see the way you look. Absolutely. Um. So when you read something that says hey you can get a summer body in 15 days or something idiotic like that and it's not just uh people that identify as female my husband and i'm sure he won't mind me saying he absolutely will is obsessed with his weight and you know how he looks and how he feels Um, how could he not be yeah how how could he not be so when we're constantly barraged with Mm. media like that how Mm. can we create little things in Mm. our lives that get us to think oh no 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 no. Mm -hmm. that's just marketing First of all, I'd say get critical and get angry. And <laughs> but you know, it's really weird because my original, like when I first went to university, my studies were um, not eating disorder related. But we did a whole section. It was on culture, history, and literature, and it was critical thinking, a lot of philosophy. But there was actually a big section mm. on dieting and body image. Okay. And one of the things I first learned about was cultural hailing and the idea. What is that? Yeah, I know. So, like, yeah, it's really interesting. So it's like as far back to when cigarette adverts were really glamorised, right? Okay, So yeah. you would associate having a cigarette as being glamorous. Yes, right? absolutely. So we associate thinness with happiness because you see someone really happy on a magazine, in a red dress, being thin. looking amazing and being thin. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of what we're being shown with these adverts. So we have to start being critical and looking between the lines and getting angry, which even my... Um, my eating disorder professor said in one of our trainings which I thought was great because I was like yeah this is definitely a thing Mm. because if you don't you are going to feel more kind of susceptible to it and vulnerable to it it's kind of like you've got to call out the bullshit for yourself yeah so when I go into schools and I show them this image and you can do this for yourself on my online program I have a whole media savvy section oh that's cool just about looking at an image you know Kids these days know what Photoshop is. Yeah. They really do. But they also, even though they know that, it's still hard to see these images at the time. Mm. So you've literally got to look at it and pick away the facts. So, you know, if it's 15 days, well, how likely is it that anyone is going to keep that weight off? What's the failure rate of diets? 97%. What's the likelihood? Sorry, repeat that. Sorry. Sorry, yeah. Big, big, <laughs> big drop there. Failure rate of diets is 97%. That is insane. Basically, that you're going to fail set up to fail that's why diet companies make so much money yeah because you just keep it's recurring custom okay so our next section is pulp fiction so this is all about myth busting now obviously you've just busted some serious fucking myths actually <laughs> yeah it's kind of flipped it yeah literally you know i always assume that if you go on a diet or you join weight watchers that if you stick religiously to the program that you know, it's going to work, but it's me that makes the mistake. It's me that has a packet of crisps. It's me that has a couple of glasses of wine. Mm. They really make it feel as though it's your fault. Mm. Um, what other myths, you know, what, I mean, you've just told me that it's not going to work, which yeah. is insane. Have you got any other facts that you want to throw out into the? Yeah. So for when you guys are listening, you might be thinking, wish I knew this before, but yeah. know it now, <laughs> know it now. So if you try and embark on a weight loss journey like before Christmas for example or people that engage in dieting behaviours before Christmas 
are only likely to prevent around 0.37 kilograms of weight, which is like a can of beans, guys. It's not a lot. Um, and, you know, again, it just shows that it's really non avoid. There's no point because the body is, the body's just so much more complex than that. You know, it's not about food in, food out. Yeah. And I think that it really interests me when you said about it working because well, what is it that you want to work mm. when you're going on a diet? They're like, what is that? Mm. Because you could be someone that goes on all of these kind of diet expeditions. And the first time it might work if we're talking about weight loss, mm. but... What about other things that come in? Mm. What about if you had to go on a medication that impacted your weight? Mm. What about your period? What about life circumstances? Stress, which contributes cortisol. How much stress is your body under, guys, when you're trying to manipulate what you eat and eat less than you're meant to? And less than you need. BMI? Yes. And we know that BMI is not a good health indicator. Oh, really? really outdated. Okay, I didn't know that. Really outdated. Um... You know, it was brought out, you know, wartime before before that, and it was about whole populations. You right, know, okay. it's because if you think about, I know it's a really common example, but well, I don't know, it might not be, um, if you're listening, but you know, like a rugby player, for example, mm. that guy can run up and down the pitch, very fit and healthy, clearly. Yeah. Their BMI is likely to be really high, or categorised in what you would call the overweight section because of the amount of muscle. Muscle weighs more than fat. Oh, but I thought BMI was just fat. No, BMI is just, it's literally like your height and your weight measured. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So when I go to the doctors, they always tell me I'm over, my BMI is too high. Yeah. And do you know what? Probably a lot of us fit into that category. Which is crazy, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if any of you have ever seen me, um, but I'm four foot 11 and I'm like tiny. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. It's not a good measure of health. Just because you're thin doesn't mean that you're healthy. Yeah. You you might not have any nutrients, you might be really run down, whatever. The list goes on, right? Yeah. So if we think about health behaviours, mm. right? So health behaviours are things such as getting a lot of sleep, drinking enough water, moving your body out of respect, not punishing it, eating a wide variety of all the different kinds of foods that we can, mm. having boundaries, not overworking, it goes on. Health is so friggin' holistic. Like, mm. it's not just about eating kale and going to the gym. Like, it's so much further down the line than that. Mm. And I probably should have got this up earlier because it's a bit of a long-winded one, but if we look at, um, for example, mortality rates, someone with the same BMI, someone that's, for example, in a higher BMI category and in a lower one, or what you would call a normal weight, I'm doing a lot of Yeah, she's doing a lot of quotation Gesticulation is on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Say, for example, they both engaged in, in two more health behaviours. I think it's, and again, I, I should have got this up as an actual quote earlier, but I think it's something like their mortality rate would half you know, no matter wow. what weight you're in, just by engaging in a better health behaviour. And the problem and the caveat with that is because we have so much shame and weight stigma, mm. if you are a certain size or above, those people are made, like, deferred from engaging in that. Mm. Why would you want to go to the gym if you don't see yourself represented? You can't hate yourself healthy and you can't hate others into health either. Can I avoid or reject myself from diet conversations yeah um am i buying clothes that are too small for me for example oh making God, me feel like crap time. yeah not keeping on <laughs> keeping a hold of small clothes am i on instagram all day every day looking at the same body type can i diversify my feed can i switch off from it completely yeah am i 
going and buying into another diet or looking at a Fitbit. Get rid of those things. Yeah. If you really want to feel better about your body, you have to take responsibilities for some of the behaviours that you're involved with. Yeah. And to help with that, you know, read some great books, listen to some great podcasts. Can you advise any books or podcasts? Definitely. Like so if you want, like, science behind it mm. stuff, like Body Respect by Linda Bacon is a great place to start, Health at Every Size, because it gives you some of them, like myth bangers where you can be like oh great I actually know why I'm doing this okay great but then also things like um body positive power um there's a book called the beyond beautiful book um there are magazines out like the happy for magazine for example which are really going to help look for things you know we've got Lizzo right okay, we've got Lizzo God. yeah I know yeah listen listen you've got to people like Lizzo now it's out there yeah choose to see that don't follow people online that just look like you yeah you know yeah. follow people that look different that are owning their bodies because of that yeah. go to gym classes where there is a range of people yeah you know like unsubscribe from the bullshit laura that was so interesting thank you so much really for your time it. so if you want to follow laura or connect with her or potentially yeah. even do her online course yeah where would the guys go to do that so on Instagram and all that jazz, it's feeling well, which is a play on my name. So it's P H E L A N, well with three L's, and nice. you can see everything there. Basically, in my kind of one-to-one -one work, what I do, what I'm about. I do have an online program which will be launching the end of January, and okay. that's called Redefining Recovered You. Um, and it's essentially a platform for women that want to feel better in the food in their bodies, leave all the crap behind. Amazing. And it's a three-month program with a private Facebook group. You get coaching calls with me, reading recommendations, all of that juicy stuff. Um, and I do work one-to-one -one as well.